Welcome. You're listening to Now That You Ask, curious answers to life's persistent questions as seen through the eyes of Akasha Halsey. That would be me. I'll be your host and guide as we settle in for a few minutes of the unexpected that may bring about your own questions and maybe even some answers too. Thanks so much for joining me. Now let's get started with the show. The fog comes in on little cat feet. It sits looking over harbor and city on silent haunches and then moves on. Carl Sandburg. Fog does indeed come in before you actually notice it, sneaking and peeking around anything it encounters. It's a silent interloper, inveigling itself into every nook and cranny, surrounding you before you realize you have been enveloped. It says nothing, asks nothing, does nothing really until it leaves. You may not take actual notice while it's there, but you are keenly aware when it's not. And you are touched by it, whether you realize it or not. Fog. Mysterious. Heavy. Suspicious. Comforting. There are so many adjectives to describe this phenomenon of nature, and all of them ring true. I've always loved fog for a variety of reasons. Fog creates an envelope of softness that erases anything that might seem wrong at that moment. When I wake up to fog, I know I'll have time to come awake at my own pace, sip my coffee in silence, and get ready for the unknown of the day. I like that fog invites me to go slow and be still. That's in line with where I've been pointing myself for quite a while. I also appreciate the silence that fog brings. If I'm outside, everything feels muffled and surreal. Nothing threatens. I can stand right where I am and know I'm safe. When I lived at Venice Beach a long time ago, I had a German shepherd named Virginia. We used to walk down one of the piers every night just before bed. Virginia barked at that fog continuously, not able to see what she felt needed to be seen in order to protect me, or at least that's what I make up. I hoped she would eventually be able to surrender to fog's loveliness as I had, but that was just not to be. Fog has always had a certain mystique for me. Foghorns warn us to be careful, but even they are not able to penetrate fog's cloak to say exactly what we are to be careful about. When there's fog, I feel like nature is taking its time getting ready for the day, for something just on the edge of appearing, or just as a welcome to the nighttime. It's untouchable. It has a feeling of being something I should be able to touch. Fog always feels just out of reach, like a dream or a goal, but never unattainable. When fog is with me, I enjoy a respite, a breather, and I feel like even when it goes away, there's a loveliness that lingers, reminding me to take my time. Starting a day in the mystery fog brings is as good a start as I can imagine. My inner child loves it. My adult is grateful for it and my spiritual side sees it as a gift. I couldn't conjure up a better combination. Fog has a composition that is as mysterious as its look. When trees are enveloped by fog, 
I see it as a heavy cover for them and imagine it warming their branches, although I know fog itself is full of mist and can be quite cold. Walking in fog, I'm surrounded by this fine mist, draping its healing qualities over my face and making me feel like I'm at nature's spa. It reminds me of springtime rain, fine and lovely, spritzing me with what's to come. The nature of fog, for me, is such that I never have to question its appearance or makeup. It feels like a gift, just for me, although I know that is in no way the truth. I feel replenished by fog, wrapped in its fine tendrils until I walk out and away, a move of my own choosing. This fog never holds me against my will. It encourages me to take all I can soak up and use those gifts as I will. Some, like Virginia, see fog as suspicious, but I think that's just because it's gotten a bad rap in movies. It always seems to be there when danger is just around the corner, be it a vampire or some other deadly encounter. Fog machines grace the stage of many rock bands, creating their own brand of anticipatory naughtiness. It's true that fog can be blamed for road accidents, but I see that as the fault of the driver and not the fog. Blame has been unjustly placed here, in my opinion. Fog never has the intention of hurting or causing harm. That's a human interpretation and one that should be examined before casting such an unjust pejorative. Fog, for me, is one of the most comforting elements in my life. It comes mostly in winter when the days can be drab. Fog itself has a kind of drabness as well, but it holds the promise of something not yet anticipated, something coming that will surprise or amuse or or give happiness. Fog gives me an allowance of time to process anything in my way, anything I might be holding on to, and any expectations I might have. It creates an immediacy just by its being, impenetrable and therefore demanding my attention. I might not be going anywhere in particular, but I certainly have to pay attention when fog is my companion, lest I wander even farther afield than I mean to. When fog is present, so am I. Fog stops me in my tracks, time after time, and reminds me There is more than I know. There is more than I can imagine. There is always more. Thank you for listening to Now That You Ask. I hope you found this episode insightful and perhaps entertaining too. Don't forget to subscribe, and if you enjoyed the show, please take a moment to rate and review it on iTunes. If you didn't like the show, well, I guess you just lost a few minutes of your life. But you might want to try another one. They're all really different. You can also listen to past episodes and subscribe to email updates on nowthatyouaskpodcast.com. Bye-bye for now.